0: You are tuned in to the Abide Podcast with Misha Solanga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Abide Podcast with myself, Misha Solanga. I am so excited to have you guys here. I am so excited to share this word with you. You know how we do on this here podcast. Um, I am just so blessed, man, to be able to do this as often as I get to do it. Um, God is just so faithful in revealing things to us. And you know what? When he does do that, it just reminds me of how deep his love goes for us, that he will reveal certain things to correct us, you know, um, the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, you know, this is David telling Solomon that do not despise chastening, do not be, do not be, you know, adverse to receiving a word of, 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 of discipline from God, because it shows that he still loves you. It shows that he cares and that he wants to treat you like a son. Instead, we need to be scared and we need to be worried when we don't get a word of chastening from God, because, you know, that means that he no longer sees us as sons. But that's a topic for another day, because I'm very excited that God loves loves us enough to give us revelation of his word and to continue to teach us how, you know, to renew our minds and to become more like Christ right on this earth because we know that We are created for a time such as this, that God created us, you know, to make an impact in this world. That it's not just about us dying and going to heaven. No, 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 no. God created the earth so that we as his sons may rule on it. And there's no point in us dying and going to heaven. Like there's no point in rushing for that because your purpose is here. Heavens are for the angels and those who have already passed on. The angels must now serve God in heaven. We must serve God here on earth. It is where we are supposed to have dominion and power and rule on behalf of God. But that is not the message of the day. I'm so excited to get back into the scripture with you guys and just break down, you know, what God is saying to us today. And as you can see on the title of uh, the podcast today, it's something a bit uh touchy because when I was reading the scripture that I'm going to get into, God basically said to me that when I questioned it because I think it's very important in your study to ask why. God, you know, he, he he is sovereign and there's a reason behind he, why he does things. So it's very important for you to actually be like, Lord, why am I reading this? Or Lord, why did you allow this? Lord, why did this person do this? What was the point of it? And as I was reading it and, and bringing it to apply for application for us and how it relates to us and how it'll make sense to us today, God said to me, the reason this person did this over and over again is because they didn't value the covenant that much. They valued their comfort, they valued their self-preservation and them being alive more than they did the covenant. Oh, I'm so excited to get into it. Let's read. We're reading from Genesis chapter 20. Yes, you've got it right. We are still sitting on Abraham. (laughs) I know you'd probably think I would have moved, but that's the beauty about the word of God. Like we don't just rush through it. We take our time with it. And I think I've been on the book of Genesis now for a good, what, month? And God has just been taking me through it step by step, the different people, the different times. Remember earlier on in the podcast episodes, I was talking about Noah because I was reading in the earlier books of Genesis. Now we are in the earlier chapters, sorry. Now we are in chapter 20 and we are looking at Abraham again. Last time we spoke about Abraham, I was looking at his compromising ways and how his, his compromising, you know, also looks Uh, or rather shines an image to how we compromise in the world and we were paralleling you know his decisions and some of the decisions that we make and what that looks like and how we can change right to not be people who compromise because we know that there is consequence attached to compromise now today specifically i'm going to be talking to you guys about abraham doing the same thing i promise you it's like a flashback of egypt okay if you haven't heard that podcast episode yet please jump uh press the button and go back and listen to episode 12 and then come back to this okay it's gonna bless you and i believe it's gonna transform the way that you think as well let's read genesis chapter 20 from verse 1 to verse 7 and abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between kadesh and shur and stayed in gerar okay i was gonna uh this when they say he stayed in gerar some of the versions tell us that he stayed in gerar temporarily right? They said that he lived there temporarily. It wasn't like he was living there forever, because remember, that wasn't the promised land that God gave him. God told him earlier on in chapters, I think it's chapter 16 or 17, God says to him, Canaan is the land that I've promised to my people. And that is the land that he was supposed to live in and thrive in. Anyway, let's continue. Now, Abraham, verse one again. Now, Abraham journeyed there toward the southern country, the the Negev, right? Or the Negev, however you want to uh, pronounce it in the Hebrew. (laughs) And dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and lived temporarily in Gerar. Verse two. And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife. Or rather, he said about Sarah, his wife, to the people of Gerar, she is my sister. And Abimelech, the king of Gerar, sent for and took Sarah into his harem, okay, or palace. But God then came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said, behold, you are a dead man because of the woman that you've taken as your own. For she is a man's wife. Come on, somebody. But Abimelech had not come near her yet. So he said, Lord, will you slay a people who are just and innocent? Did not the man, referring to Abraham, tell me that she is my sister? And she herself, referring to Sarah, said, he is my brother. In integrity of heart and innocence of hands have I done this, Lord. This is Abimelech speaking now, or rather uh, defending himself to God. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that you did this um, in the integrity of your heart. For it was I who kept you back and spared you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not give you any occasion to touch her. So God prevented Abimelech from basically sleeping with, um, with, with, with Sarah, Abraham's wife. Okay, verse 7. So now restore the man with his wife. Right? For he is a prophet, and he will pay, he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you don't restore her to him, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Verse eight. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told them everything that happened. And the men were exceedingly filled with reverence and fear. Then Abimelech called Abraham. Da 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 da. And it continues. But I want to focus between verse one and verse seven tonight, today. Why am I saying tonight? Sorry about that. <laughs> but i want to focus on verse one from verse one to verse about seven okay as we kind of dissect why in the world abraham would do this again okay that was my biggest question when i was studying this because i feel it's very important that when we study the word of god question it not that you're questioning god but you're trying to understand right when you want to understand something you ask a question you probe why lord how lord who lord when okay i studied journalism so those the 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 w's and h were drilled into my mind and i take that into my bible study as well because i believe that god wants us to investigate his word the bible tells us that it is, you know, it is uh, the 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 glory of God to conceal the matter, and it is the glory of kings to reveal it. So, when, when you step into kingship, when you step into being a son of God, you know, you you desire to to unearth the hidden things of God. You desire to make plain the 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 hidden and, and the obscure things of God. So that's what we're doing today. Okay. And I'm very privileged to be able to do that because I know for some people, it's hard. So while, while you're still making your way to unearthing things, I'm going to help you, you know, until God gives you that anointing and that ability to search and to open them deeper, but it will come. The more you seek him, the more you will find him. It's literally, it's cause and effect. He says, those who seek me diligently will find me. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. So don't give up. Even if sometimes you don't understand, keep going. But that's not where I'm at today. I just want to encourage someone. We are talking about Abraham. And last time we looked at how he compromised. Today, for me, it was like, Lord, why would he repeat the same mistake? We remember what happened when he did this in Egypt. The Pharaoh like saw what he did, got really angry and was like, why did you lie? You could have just told me that she was your wife. You didn't have to assume that I was going to kill you you know and 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 that's what he did he he literally his fear his anxiety his worry made him make hasty decisions and make hasty actions you know that it didn't have to end up the way that it did but anyway we're not there today we want to look at how he's compromised yet again what it means this time that's what i want to look at why did he do it it doesn't make sense to me why did he do it again now this one shows us that he dwelt temporarily right and we know that last time he was in egypt and he wasn't even in egypt he was near the border of egypt if you remember from verse 12 i mean from episode 12 this time we know that he was dwelling somewhere temporarily and we see that with abraham it seems to be a problem for him to be transparent when he comes into a new environment it seems that he struggled with being open about who he is who his wife is and what he stands for and and I don't know why, but as I was reading it and as I was like delving deeper into it, God was telling me that this is the case for some people in the church is that the, when you move or he moves you to different spaces and different places, you struggle to stay the same. You struggle to, to be consistent and to be resolute in who he has called you to be. So sometimes he keeps you in one place because he knows that if he moves you, you're going to switch up on him. Ooh. So sometimes God literally, he keeps you in one place until he can hammer your identity in you so that when he moves you, when he elevates you, you are able to distinguish and are able to proudly and boldly say, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. I am the son of the covenant right but most believers are in the church but they don't know their identity and we wonder lord why haven't i why haven't you moved me to this place why haven't i grown why haven't i been elevated why haven't i been prospered because god knows that if he prospers you or if he gives you greater access and if he gives you a greater grace you're gonna switch up you're gonna compromise so he keeps those things from me because not because he's being mean but because he's being a good father and he knows that if he gives it to you before you've been solidified in your identity, you're going to mess it up, right? I heard someone earlier this week on, a, on another podcast that I was listening to, and he said that a blessing too early can become a curse. And God understands that. That's why he doesn't give us certain things. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's not going to be nice for someone because you are realizing now that you are, the, you are literally your own enemy. You're the reason why you're stagnant. Come on, somebody you're realizing as I'm speaking and the Holy Spirit is revealing to you that you're the reason why you're stagnant. And I'm sure it sucks, but it's not to embarrass you. It's not to make you feel bad. It's literally God's love correcting you letting you know to stop being your own stumbling block because God wants to give us so many things. I always say to people and on this podcast that there's so much more that God wants to do. It's so much deeper than what we see. He wants to do so much more, but he can't because we are not in a position to receive it yet. Right? We're not in a position to receive it. So we need to posture ourselves correctly. But let's get back into this. When I was asking God, why does he continue to lie about Sarah being his wife? And God reminded me, you know, that yes, it was about self-preservation. It was about his own comfort, not wanting to be, you know, uh, questioned or killed or hurt or harmed for being married to this beautiful wife. You know, then I said, okay, does this mean that he doesn't value Sarah? And the Holy Spirit said to me, no, 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 he values Sarah. He loves Sarah, but the fear for his life, his his anxiety, his worry about what might happen, his paranoia about the coulda, shoulda, woulda overrides. It, it, It basically kicks back Sarah. And I believe in this picture, when we're looking at this specific scripture, Sarah pictures or is a is a symbol of the covenant that we have with God he's a is a symbol of the relationship the covenant that we have with Jesus Christ he says to me when I'm reading this scripture and as I'm studying and I'm jotting down notes the Holy Spirit says to me that so many believers are the same just like Abraham we love God we say we love his word that we'd share His word. Literally, we say that we would easily. Oh no, me! I testify of the goodness of the Lord. Any day, I will evangelize. I will do this. I will do that. But when push comes to shove, when it comes to fight or flight, you you kick back the covenant. You you for you neglect the covenant, and you prize and you put first your self-preservation. You run. You flee instead of fight with the word of God. Right. Now let me take you down. In previous chapters, I think it's from chapter 17, 18, and 19, we also get a bit of Lot in there. If you've read if you've read Genesis, you know that you know he had a nephew named Lot, and Lot has had his own troubles. But I want to focus on Abraham right now. We see that when Abraham was living in Mamre, if you can we can read about this in, I think it's chapter 18. Yeah, chapter 18. When he was living in Mamre, he was thriving. Okay, in Mamre is where God visited him and um Basically, reestablished the covenant and reminded him that I'm going to build, I'm going to create a nation through you. I'm going to do all of these amazing things. As many stars as there are in the sky, that's how many you will have in your lineage. Your descendants will be just as many, and they will be blessed, right? In that time, Abraham was so powerful. We saw him lead an army fighting against four kings and their kingdom, rescuing Lot from being a victim of war, uh, a hostage and a captive of war. We see how he instituted, you know, the tithe. He was very in tune with God, and I was wondering why was he so powerful and why was he so, you know, uh, 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 able to do the things that he did. And God showed me that because he was in a comfortable space, there was no opposition. He was comfortable. And as I'm reading that, God reveals to me that when he was in the land of his comfort and he was able to perform all of those things, he didn't have to, you know, step out of his comfort zone and be resolute in who he is and who God had called him to be and in the covenant. And it's similar with us as the sons of God and the children of God in the church. When we are in the church, inside the church, we're powerful. You know, we pray. Yo, we sing out loud. We declare the things of God. Some of us prophesy. Some of us speak in tongues. Some of us do all of these amazing things because we're in our comfort zone. When we are with our friends who are like-minded, when we are with our church friends or friends who also believe in Jesus, we, we are big, you know. We're comfortable. We pray. We prophesy. We speak of the things of God. We testify of the goodness of the Lord. But the moment God moves us, The moment we are in a new territory, the moment you are in a different season, the moment you are with different people who might not speak the same language as you, you switch up. Don't we see that in Abraham? He switches up. When he's in his comfort zone, he's powerful. But God wants you to be powerful in both situations. Because remember, yes, you can be called for the church, but more than anything, you are called for the nations. So if you now come into the nations and you switch up, what was the point of God developing you and, and grooming you and growing you and disciplining you in the comfort and in the obscurity of your church, of your godly friends, of your family? But then when he sends you out into the workplace, when he sends you out into university, when he sends you out you know, to have conversations with people who don't believe, you switch up. What's the point? Because now you become a waste. Right? And I'm just like, I was like, wow, God, that's really intense. Because once Abraham left the place of his comfort in Mamre, where all of these amazing things happened, you know, where he displayed much power. And that's the thing with believers. We display so much power in the church. We display so much, you know, integrity. We display so much. um, I don't know if it's fake. Maybe we, we we are feigning perfection. You have a false perfection about you when you're in the church and then it's revealed when you come into spaces where you're the only one who's a believer and you're tested and then your true colors show i don't know like what is it about believers and switching up when they're in different environments i really don't get it why can we not be consistent why can we not be resolute is it a matter of not knowing who you are completely Because let's be real with it. It's easy to know who you are when you're surrounded by like-minded people. But the true test comes when you're alone in the dark and you have to, listen, you're going to be on a mountaintop, but you're also going to be in the valley. And everything that was done in the mountaintop when you were feeling good and the word that you received, that needs to be, you you, you need to regurgitate, you need to meditate on that word and stand firm on it when you're in the valley. I don't know where that just came from, but... Literally, I mean, if you read about King David when he was in Ziklag and and all of these terrible things happened when he was away at war with his men and the children and the wives and the livestock were taken away, you know, as, as captives of war, when he came back... He cried, you know, he just came back from a victory, mind you. He just won a war, so he was on a high. But when he came back home and realized what happened, he was saddened. He was crying because there was so much opposition. But the Bible tells us that he then encouraged himself in the word of God right so we need to get to that point where even though like abraham we get to spaces and we get scared we don't know what people are going to say we don't know how they're going to receive us because that's the reason why most people compromise you're scared of people's of people's opinions you're so dependent on people's approval that you'd compromise the word of god you would comprom- come on wait let me go d- wait 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 let me let me move let me move oh okay On that point, you would compromise so easily because you're afraid of what people are going to say. Abraham's fear was literally, it says here, if you read further um, um, in verse 11 of the same chapter that we're reading from, Abimelech says in verse 10, he says to Abraham, why would you do this to us? What did you see in us that justified you in doing such an evil thing? And this is what Abraham said. He says, because I thought surely you guys don't fear God at all in this place and that you'd kill me because of my wife. You see, again, it's a presumption. It's an assumption. He assumed this is how they were going to receive him. We assume that people are going to receive us badly. We assume that we're going to be mocked. We assume that they're going to hate us. We assume that they're going to make fun of us, that they're going to... Stop assuming. Stop having preconceived notions. Just move if God tells you to move and be... Sometimes, you know what? God isn't even saying that you have to preach to these people. He's not even, sometimes you're in a space. You don't even have to compromise, but you do. It's literally the same thing with Abraham. He didn't have to do this. He didn't have to lie about his wife. He could have just come in. Because Abimelech says, you didn't have to. You really didn't have to. I would have, I would have let you stay if you'd just been honest. And we see a pattern Because in Egypt, the same thing happened. The Pharaoh says, you shouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have done anything to you. I wouldn't have killed you. So as well, as we need to have the same mindset. This fear thing, guys, when you understand that fear is not God-given, in the book of Timothy, it tells us very clearly that God has not given us a spirit of fear nor timidity, but that of power, love, and sound mind. When we operate in the three that he has given, the two that are mentioned or four that he hasn't given, that, that often overtake us, Will be destroyed. They'll be minimized. The problem is, we magnify the fear and we diminish the sound mind and the power that God has given. Come on. When we get scared, when we operate in fear, the power, the love, and the sound mind that God has given are reduced but when we magnify the power that god has given the authority that god has given the the sound mind that god has given the fear is is diminished fear makes you do desperate things fear makes you either run it cripples you it makes you do stupid things that could have been avoided if only you used the sound mind and discernment that god gave you okay so let's stop assuming what people are gonna are gonna do let's let's stop fearing because people are gonna have an opinion regardless but the opinion of man should not override what god has said about you the fear of the opinion and the reaction of man should not override what god says about you okay so i want us to be cognizant of that today again why lord why did abraham do this why do we do this because we value ourselves we value how people see us and our fear yes yes a lot of people are are using their fear as a crutch to not do the things of God we value these things more than we do the covenant that we have with God remember I said that Sarah is the picture of a covenant in this in this space that God uses her to show us how we so easily neglect the covenant When we are faced with opposition how we so easily neglect the covenant when we are scared how we so easily forget because remember i told you this before that the relationship between god and the church is typified and it's pictured for us to understand easily through marriage the intimacy between a man and a woman is the same intimacy that god wants us to have that connection that depth is what god wants us to have with him That's why he says that Jesus is the bridegroom and we are the bride as the church. So when another man, when, 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 that's why I say value. Because any man, I mean, I'm not a man, but I mean, I'd like to think that a married man would value his wife enough to not just pass her away to the next man. Right? It's in the same way that Christ loved the church so much that he died for her. So why we would we so easily neglect the covenant? Would we so easily neglect the relationship? Would we so easily neglect the, the, the promise that God put on our lives because of fear? Come on, guys. And the root of it is because we don't understand what God is doing. We don't understand what God has done through us and in us and for us. So we need to come to an understanding of what the death of Jesus actually means. We need to understand what relationship with Jesus Christ actually means. Right, The depth of it. What When we say that God has given us power, love, and sound mind, what does that actually mean? Because it's so many of us operating in defeat, operating in fear like Abraham in this situation. It's so funny to me. Some of the strongest men in the Bible who've done some of the greatest exploits also had moments where they feared and they, and they moved Buki because of fear. They moved wild and in a way that you just don't understand. Elijah after he killed so many prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, is running scared and he's even having suicidal thoughts and, and wants to just die because of one person, Jezebel. After the amazing things that God did through him on Mount Carmel, Abraham defeats four kings and their kingdom, but then compromises and switches up on God when he gets into a new space, right? So we need to, we need to become a people that are resolute in who God has called us to be resolute in who god says we are like we need to have a concrete understanding we need to have a concrete understanding of who god has called us to be and you know sometimes you wonder why you go in cycles and why you're not moving from one grace to another grace is because you're not getting the simple things you're not understanding your identity and as a result when you don't understand identity you do you do crazy things literally it's it's like a principle at this point People who know who they are do things that are in line with who they are, right? So I think maybe this is a call from God for us to delve deeper in understanding who He has called us to be and who He says we are. Ah guys, this word just blessed me so much, and it it challenged me also to to be a person who is you know confident in who God says I am, because when you're confident in who God says you are and you you prize that more than the opinions of people oh it's game over it's game over people can't sway you the enemy can't sway you because you have made who god calls you to be bigger than who the enemy says you are you've made who god has said you are bigger than who the world says you must be okay I'm gonna drop it there for today. I really hope that, you know, the Holy Spirit just illuminates your 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 mind and gives you a deeper understanding and goes even further than I could ever go. You know, I pray that a conviction comes upon someone who is a compromiser. Like Abraham, like it became a pattern. Unnecessarily. You're learning here that you don't have to do these things, but you feel like you have to because you're not resolute in who God has called you to be. Anyway, guys, I love you so much and I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please, please, please subscribe, you know, to to whether it's on Apple podcast follow. On, on Spotify. Follow Google Podcast so that you can get all the notifications when the new podcast comes in. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at Misha underscore Solanga. Also, follow the podcast channel um, where I put reminders about the Abide Sessions as well. Put, put it out there, you know. Um, DM me. Let me know what you thought about the episode if you have any questions that we need to go in deeper as well. Uh, again, appreciate you. I love you. Bless you. May the peace, the joy, and the love of God be upon you. Amen.